Welcome back, everybody, to Souls and Stardust. This is Mio and Shannon. Hello. Uh, welcome. Yeah, season five. Uh, today's episode, we wanted to do um, a quick little topic about being yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In so many words, we didn't want to overcomplicate it. Um, what the hell does it mean to be you? And how do you show the world who you are and not the conditioned or rinse and repeat what you've just been showing everybody. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people coming into their own authenticity right now. Yeah. It's refreshing and Mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see people unfold and bloom and blossom and tell the world about all these things that they love and that they're into and their gifts and their hobbies and who they are inside. Yes. Yeah, I think um, it's really about rediscovering you, who you are at your core, and that gets lost so early in our lives based on, Very yeah, based, yep, based on our conditioning, whether it's our cultural thing, our environment, our parents, school systems, like there's so many things that factor into how we deviate from our true self and then pick up learned behaviors or ways of being in order to fit in or to receive validation externally, acceptance, love even. And what that does is if we're disconnected from who we truly are, because we've learned at an early age that expressing who we really are makes others uncomfortable, then we change and we ultimately disconnect from our core essence and we shrink mm-hmm. and we become the, um, the monkey, the dancing monkey, right? We become <sighs> performative for everybody else in our life and for how they expect us to think, act, and behave because we fit within our culture, family, whatever, uh, into their guidelines. Right. And a lot of times we don't even really realize this until later in life when we feel uh, like something's missing or we can't figure out what our purpose is. We feel disconnected from life purpose or even passion, which go hand in hand. So it seems to be like the people that I encounter who come to see me a lot of times for energy work or guidance, it's the same type of questions. like how do I, how do I find my purpose? How do I, like, how do I learn who I really am? How do I connect to my true self or what is even my true self? Like, how is that even defined? A lot of people who don't even know what that is or what that looks like, what that feels like, because they're just barely like starting to pay attention that these things exist you know, you get so stuck, especially, I just keep thinking like how us as women, Mm -hmm. it's, we grow up and we're taught, be quiet, be a good girl, be a good girl. Oh, be a good girl. Be a good listener. Be a good, Mm -hmm. which yes, great. But when you are making a child shrink into non-existence, Mm -hmm. Don't speak up. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't have an opinion. Suppressing their voice and their expression. Mm-hmm. I know that that happened to me 
a lot unintentionally when I was very little. I was the only girl in a family of uh, all boys. I have a brother and all boy cousins. And, mm. and um, so it's almost like, I don't want to say that no one knew how to handle a girl because there's women in my family, but they're from a different generation. And so it was, I grew up learning how to be in my masculine energy. And that was the only way that I'd really survive <laughs> as, you know, in a child's perspective, that's the only way I would have attention. That's the only way I'd have playmates. It's the only way that people would recognize me. So that's really interesting. I was conditioned at a very young age to detach from certain qualities of myself as a, a young girl. And the more sensitive aspects of myself got really uh, shoved to the side. So mm -hmm. I disconnected pretty early from my own sense of self in order to feel like I could be accepted into like my family tribe and, you know, people in my family, they didn't know any different. Like this is just the way it is. Right. So right. it wasn't until probably the last few years that I really understood at a deep level, how much I had altered or learned how to alter who I am in order to feel validated, uh, accepted and loved and it was almost crushing to have that realization that I had not been being my true self in order to feel acceptance in mm -hmm. a family and in friends groups and in jobs like careers. Mm -hmm. And then it became very clear how I was play acting through a lot of it. So there was definitely upon that realization uh, or the revelation, it was almost like catastrophic to a certain yep. extent where I was like, holy shit. It can bring I, the walls of yeah. your reality down when you start realizing how you've been moving about the world for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And not even fucking realizing it. That's yeah. The and just feeling sadness and grief around that. But um, also I, I wouldn't be who I am today without having these experiences. Same with you. Mm -hmm. So there is gratitude for lessons in like the learning that's happening, but <laughs> the realization of, wow, I had really been suppressing my authentic self for a really long time. And what I had to do is just get brutally honest with myself about why I was doing that. And it came down to, I wanted people to love and accept me. Mm -hmm. And the way that I felt I could do that best is by being someone or something that was way more palatable to them than who I, who I was or am at my core, even if like my core essence is probably palatable to them. But from a young age, I saw or understood that it wasn't. And I think so many people experience this, um, women especially, but every person goes through this. And then the whole finding of themselves in midway through life, like I think the Saturn return in your birth chart is probably the first time it really hits you hard. You're like, who the fuck am I? What am I even doing? What have I been doing for the first 30 <laughs> years of my life? Yeah. Yeah. What does it all mean? And yeah. So yeah. So who are you really? 
versus the version of you that you show the world. And if they are different, why are they different? And taking time to really ask yourself and sit with what comes up as um, your reality, right? So how have I been pretending? How have I been hiding? How have I been suppressing myself, oppressing myself? And who who in your life truly knows the whole version of you? Yeah. Like not even showing the world. Let's just talk about individual people Mm -hmm. that you act a certain way around versus not a certain way around other people and why you withhold these parts of yourself depending on who you're with. Yeah. Why, why do we have to do that? Mm -hmm. Why do we have to hold back and compartmentalize? There's the word. Why do we have to compartmentalize who we are just to be around certain people so they can understand us? Yeah. Or or not. For me, when I reflect on that, I think about, it comes down to safety. How safe do I feel in any given situation to actually show the people in that situation what I really think and feel or who I really am? And it's it's about vulnerability and it's about safety and trust. Like how much do I trust another to hold my vulnerability safely? And mm-hmm. how much, and here's the bigger revelation, how much do I trust myself to hold myself with compassion and safety to be able to share regardless of who it is Mm -hmm. I'm sharing with. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's like this layer cake where you peel, you know, you, you get one layer down and you're like, Oh, it's how I say if I, how safe I feel with other people. And then it's like the next layer as well. Oh, really? It's about how honest I am with myself. And then the next layer is like, Oh, it's about how safe and how much I trust myself because it shouldn't matter what anyone Mm -hmm. else thinks or feels being me is me. That's all I can do. And so there's these layers of excavation that we have to go through that leads to new revelations. And some of them are like huge gut punch, right? Over and over. You're like, fuck, I've made choices. And you know, our circumstances dictate from a young age, how we adapt and we're very resilient and adaptable. We don't always adapt in the healthiest ways, but it's a survival mechanism. And I use the term survival loosely, right? Because it doesn't always mean like a life and death situation. It doesn't always mean it's like significantly abusive, but it does mean how safe a child feels in any given situation to fully express themselves. That is why as a parent, you know, when you have your kid, that's like, why am I the only person this kid will like act out on and Mm -hmm. like fully melt down on, but then to the rest of everybody else, they're this controlled version and they're so good and this and that. And then you're like, but then with me, like all hell breaks loose and they're completely like, ah, just wide open. And then you realize like, that's because they feel safe to do so with you. Yep. And they're looking to someone who is safe to help them regulate, regulate, regulators. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, because they don't know how to regulate their emotions at a young age. Like we're still developing our frontal lobe, like in our early twenties. And that so that means sense. we're still <laughs> learning how to regulate our emotions, but it's crucial from birth to 12, 13, 14 years old. And that's crucial time period of yeah a child learning how to regulate their emotions. And if they don't feel safe in an environment with their parents or their family or or their teachers, they learn very quickly. Oh, I can only show certain emotions 
and have it be okay. Like all of the really big, explosive, heavy, chaotic stuff is just unacceptable. And so they never learn how to deal with it. And it becomes an adult that doesn't know how to deal with it. We know lots of those. Yes. And so I would argue, you know, like that's a whole side conversation of what it means to help children understand their good inside and just having a hard time. But when we're in situations like that, what it does is it just, when we have to suppress aspects of ourselves, when we're just learning what the world is like, what our emotions reflect about us, that we have them. When we have to suppress or swallow down that stuff, what it ultimately does is disconnect us from who we are. And then we start to determine like, oh, that part of me is bad. I can't show anybody. This part of me is good. Like people around me love it when I'm that part. I get praised Mm -hmm. for showing this side or whatever. Or loved or cuddled or yeah. Affirmed. Mm -hmm. Validated. So like child development psychology right here is like, this starts very early for us on, and how we detach from our true self. And, and I'm of the camp that like, you know, our parents, regardless of their wounds, their own shit, their upbringing, um, they truly are doing the best they can do in any given moment, even if it's like not very good, right? Right. They, they may not know any better. It's not a free pass to be an asshole, but like they literally, if they could do better, they probably would. If they had tools or resources, they probably would use them if they knew. So I'm not discounting or giving anybody a free pass, but it's just the nature of like how things work in families. And when we're willing to learn and implement new information, we do it. Detaching or um, disconnecting from your true authentic self happens, can happen very early based on how safe you feel to be you. And so maybe we should back up and say, okay, what is your true authentic self? I feel like true authentic self is when there's no filter. And I don't mean like being mean and unfiltered. I mean, you're not withholding excitement. You're not withholding conversation. You're not holding things, you know, you you're free to express how you feel about Mm -hmm. something or uh, like if you're into certain things, yeah. Pursuing certain things just, yeah, not maybe this is part of the energy is like us feeling like we can't articulate ourselves fully in the presence of others. Yeah. Yep. And I think of little kids all the time, like how awesome they are. And especially when they really start to have their words and they just do what they want to do because that's what they're feeling in the moment. And I feel like that's so authentic and they don't have a filter and everybody is like, oh, ha ha, kids say the darndest things. I'm like, well, no, he's, he or she's being really authentic and he's, he, she is observing and reflecting back what they think about what they're observing and how they're processing it. I'm like, it's really interesting. And that's super authentic. And they get so excited about the things that they're into. And that's when you see their passion and their interests and their motivation and their genuineness and um, their openness. Like kids are so 
good at showing care and compassion and love without judgment or anything like that. Like, oh my God, kids are amazing that way. And I, when I want to describe someone as their authentic self, it's like, you your, are, your inner child. Yeah. Your childlike, and you're so expanded and you see, you see potential in everything. And especially the things that you're passionate about or really mm-hmm. interested in. And you can see someone's authentic self when they start geeking out over something and they're just like talking passionately about mm-hmm. like the things that they love. Yep. And or talking just very honestly from their perspective. Um, both of my kids are pretty damn good at expressing what they See, think yeah. and feel. <laughs> even Boy, if are they. Yeah, even if it's something that's actually pretty triggering for me, I like to give them that space. And there's it's always a reminder for me too, like, okay, how are my patterns being triggered here? And how are they helping me to heal those by, you know, what they're saying or how they're saying it or how they're expressing. And, um, my youngest one, Oe, like we've talked about him before. He's really empathic. So he feels a lot of what other people around him are feeling. And I think it's, it's to a greater degree than what I feel. And he started saying things like, mom, mom, I, I, I don't want it. I don't want to upset you. I, I don't want this to hurt your feelings, but I need to say this. And I'm like, you can tell me whatever you need to tell me. And he'll say, he's like, okay. And he'll say it. And it's very clearly something that's going to like trigger an old wound for me from my own childhood. And he knows he can feel it in my body. So he's been like, Wrapping me before he says that's, says certain things. Ezra. I don't mean to offend you. I'm not trying yeah. to offend you. And I'm like, I'm not offended. It's so you. wild. It's really wild. And I'm like, wow. Like he and my other one who has six Aries placements and is a sad rising. He just says shit. I was gonna say he probably just says it right. Yeah. Out the like, his yeah. Mercury. His Mercury is an Aries, so he just like he blurts it out, and I look at him and I'm like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> You really like, you really just say what's on your mind. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I really try to um, help encourage that. But I also like with him, I have to help him learn to rein it in a little bit, like um, in terms of, okay, we can like, we can express what we need to say, but maybe let's uh, think about how our words can come across sometimes. And so I'm trying to help him understand the happy medium of like, we don't need to be harsh with our words and we can still express what we're feeling and needing and thinking about something. So I have like two opposite, they're both Aries sons, but they're like super opposite. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, (laughs) I know it's not much else to add to that. No, it's funny. (laughs) but it's, it's interesting, the differences. Um, I know for myself, I grew up in a multi-culture family. Like it wasn't just American. It was like, I'm either the first generation or second generation to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my cousins and I were American born. Um, so our families though, are very foreign, like foreigner style. Um, and so I think I've talked about it before. We're like, possibly um just even on the more north african side like the mm-hmm. uh 
like the French Moroccan Algerian stuff is like, you know, you're, you're raised to serve men. You, mm-hmm. You're raised to serve the men at the table. And even though we were run by matriarch, my grandmother, you were still serving the men. Mm-hmm. And then you incorporate the thing of not speaking the same language as your elders. And so therefore you're invalidated on other things because it's like, they're in conversation of stuff. And so you're barely even being heard right? anyways. Yeah. Or it's don't say that. Don't talk like that. Don't do yeah. this. Don't. And um, so it took me a long time to even figure out and incorporate these parts of me, right? Because those all heavily influenced who I am today by growing up around all these different people and these different cultures, right? But within each culture are other things that hold you back from being authentic because you are in the same way, like on the Filipino side, you're automatically conditioned to go be a doctor, a nurse, or be in the military. Like, wow, that's it. Um, anything outside of that is like, you're going to fail. You're, you're going to be broke, poor, starving. It's not going to work. That's not where the money is. So you couldn't even follow your passion if you wanted to, without feeling a lot of, I've had to push through. I've had to push through and kind of be like, well, and luckily my dad was never like that. So he's Mm -hmm. the Filipino one. So my dad was always like, whatever makes you happy. However, every time you see the family, every holiday, every dinner, every, this it's the questions. Yeah. You go into nursing school, you're going to become a nurse. You're going to become a doctor. Fuck you're no. go into... Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather heal people with my hands. Like <laughs> just kidding. Not just kidding. I'd rather help them in a different way. Well, back then I didn't know I was going to end up doing healing work and stuff yeah. like that, but it's, you learn after they, just to shut up because they'll Mm -hmm. just keep asking the same questions over and over. And at some point, and I've watched it even happen in my ex's family. You know, I've watched his little cousin get the same grilling and treatment from their Filipino side. You're going to go to nursing school, nurse, 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 nurse. And at some point I watched her just go, yep. And shut up. Yep. That's what I'm doing. And let them believe whatever they're going to want to believe. Yeah. And and we're not all nurses, doctors, and military. No. I'm an artist. I am an artist through and through. And that's and, your passion. And, dude, and not even passion. An artist is the manifestation of self-expression. Mm-hmm. So that is like, that's not me going, I want to go be a financial advisor This mm-hmm. instead of law enforcement or, you know, these other things like trying to become an artist is the authentic self. Yes. Yep. This is taking everything on my inside and letting and articulating out for the world to see. Yeah. Because that is an artist struggle. That's an artist. So personal. It's such a personalized process when you are in your art and sharing it. How do we know what our authentic self is? Because that's a question that I've gotten over the years. And I mean, I seem to answer it consistently, but as I'm discovering more and more of my own authentic self, my definition changes or it refines. Oh, it's refined over the years. And actually from a Reiki perspective, 
too, and anybody who's gone through Reiki placements, um, you'll understand that there's the whole discussion of the culturally conditioned self and the authentic self and how, when we use this energy and we work with it all the time, what it does is it peels away the layers of conditioning and it helps to reveal our true authentic self, which is what your soul reflects through your human without all of the layers of conditioning. And I really love that perspective because it feels super resonant to me that what we actually work toward in our human form is to radiate that full expression of our authentic soul self. And that's such a huge lifelong lesson of how do I do that in any given moment on any day on my path. And it requires so much courage Mm -hmm. because of how we are societally, societally conditioned. That's a hard word to say when you're trying to say it fast. That's a big word for Elmo. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big, it's a big word for Elmo. Um, So I tell people like, you know, if you could do anything, if you could be anything, or if you could feel anything, what would those, what words would you choose to describe yourself? And it always takes people, they always stop and they're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, that's because you haven't had the opportunity to sit safely with yourself and explore that. And it wasn't probably encouraged from a young age to explore that. I didn't figure this out until I completely isolated myself from everything and started just like a diet, you know, trying to figure out what's the root cause of things. Mm -hmm. You start removing ingredients and you start removing things to figure out what makes you feel better. And for me, it was like, who am I outside of work? Who am Mm -hmm. I outside of church people? Who am I? to my best friends when, you know, cause to our best friends, we can like, I feel comfortable enough to be all sides of me to my best friends. Mm-hmm. Like you get business side, you get spiritual side, you get goofy side, you get the hood side, you get hood the like, side. That's my favorite get, side of you. <laughs> you get, cause that is like all of those things that were part of me as different layers and points in my life that I get to share with people. Mm-hmm in conversation or it's and everything ebbs and flows anyways. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're always evolving. It's yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's like, I couldn't have done it if I was still going to church and being influenced. Yeah. And in, I mean, I think of church as just another institution with a set of rules, right. Or a set of guidances that you need to adhere by in order to follow a process Just like you are, if you're in school, there's a certain set of rules that you have to follow. Um, I saw it all the time in academia when I was a university professor. And I just, I just, I'm not one of those who likes rules that are in place for just the sake of having rules. I, I just get very frustrated. And so what, what it does is, I mean, it's, they're, they're put in place to help streamline our effort and create consistency. But what it does is it actually stifles our imagination and our ability to expand through personal experience because you're so worried about following the rules and being accepted and seen as a good part, 
quote unquote, good participant of whatever you're in. Yeah. Look at even our schools. Our schools are, are set to the more compliant you are the more rewarded you are. Yeah. You get lots you're not of stickers encouraged to be unique. You're not, you're not encouraged to be a free thinker. You're not encouraged to, or you are, but only up until this. But then there's certain set of parameters too, yep. right? So there's always things mm-hmm. that you're meant to stick within a box you're meant to stick within. And so you can explore, but not past the lines. Right. Yep. And you know, that's, we're overgeneralizing obviously. Right. Um, of course. Right. But I just, when people ask me when they're really struggling with, um, how, how do I, how do I discover me? How do I discover my true essence or my true authentic self? I just tell them like, you have to sit and you have to think about what it is you really like, what it is you're drawn to, what it is that lights you up, what you want and need and why, like you have to understand what your motivation is for everything in your life. Like the choices you make and your wants, your desires, your needs, what are they based in? Because that's going to tell you if it's based in, um, this need for external validation versus like what truly fills you from the inside out. I think we fall into that trap so often of like, if I just had this, I'll feel better. And if I could just do that and be accomplished, it'll, everything will be better. I'm like, no, you have Mm -mm. to understand who you are inside is based on, um, what lights you up? What are you passionate about? What would you do if you could spend your time doing something and get paid for it, or just to spend many hours a day doing it? What would you do? Not even that, like there's people living with their spouses right now, not able to be their complete authentic self. Yeah. There are people hiding parts of them to pacify because they're not safe and supported within their partnerships in their own fucking home. They can't even be themselves in their own fucking home. Mm -hmm. And that is brutal because you are all day, every day, holding your true opinions in on things because you're like, I actually don't believe in that. I actually don't agree with you. Yeah. Or just your, your weirdness full of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, yeah. Or your like true experiences of life. Like, well, how do you process and perceive reality? And dude, and when I was married, I couldn't, I couldn't even talk about my trauma openly because it was mocked. It Mm -hmm. wasn't sacred. It wasn't, you weren't safe. There was no safety. So even on that, and then like being spiritual, opening up into my spirituality and coming into whatever you want to call this awakening or remembering Mm -hmm. or conscious evolution, whatever the fuck you want to call it. It was happening while I was married and to not be safe enough with a partner to say, Hey, I'm going through these changes. Mm -hmm. I'm going through these things the same way we physically go through changes and we go through motherhood and we go through all these things. It's like, we have to be able to feel safe within our partnerships first and foremost, yeah. so that we can say I'm struggling or I'm excited to go do these things. Like for me, I had to withhold excitement on things because if it didn't equate to a certain dollar amount, it was not worth me telling him. Yeah. You were totally stifled and stifled is a good word. Yeah. Suppressed, (laughs) stifled. And just as somebody, I think we may have talked about this a little bit before, but seeing you while you were in that situation, like witnessing it, and then seeing you now that you're out of it, 
the moment you were able to change your environment, it was like you expanded a thousand times over. I and it bet was... if we ran our human design charts, him and I, there's probably something where his energy blocked bulldozes. yours. Yeah. It bulldozes over mine because there's, you know, we have our undefined centers and our mm-hmm. defined centers and learning about how people's energy affects us on that way. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I bet you there's some, a ton of like his if he's like a manifesting generator generator, there's probably something that would yep. like explain energetically, like, oh, this is what happens when we're in the same space together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just so wild. So that actually speaks to the energetics of two people, you know, creating alignment versus chaos and misalignment. Um, and yeah. when, and so you couldn't even, you, didn't feel like you could even be your authentic self in, I mean, you weren't safe and right. it wasn't actually possible because in a lot of ways he was limiting it by saying, well, if you do that, you know, we're not going to make any money. And then we're like, he put a lot on you. He put a lot of his own limitations on me. Yeah. Which really that's what it was. It was projection. But let's go back to human design, right? So my human design is when things aren't in that alignment, my reaction is frustration. Mm -hmm. And so when we go, when we ask ourselves, well, how do I know that I'm not living authentically? I was living in a constant state of frustration Mm -hmm. and a constant state of agitation, not because of who he was, but because of how I had to withhold who I was because part of me, my Leo rising, Mm -hmm. I need to fucking roar and express myself. And I'm an artist and I'm all these things of like, I'm not this quiet, submissive little housewife that the church wanted me to be of like, submit to your man and this and that. And it's like, okay, why are we doing this? (laughs) Yeah. And he didn't like it when you actually had your moments of um, expansion that way. No, no man I've ever been with likes it when I open my mouth and speak up. Well, I I love it. Well, my girlfriends do. I love it. My girlfriends do, (laughs) but in, in the confines of relationship, Anybody I've ever dated, whatever, love, 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 love me until I fucking speak the fuck up and start like being authentically myself. It's like, well, you loved me, you love this version of me in your head. You, right. you entertain this version of me in my in your head. So now, even moving forward with dating, I'm like, I can't, same thing. I can't compartmentalize who I am. I can't be just the photographer to you. I can't be mm-hmm. just the spiritual girl to you. Like there's so many facets that it's like you, I have to be just Mio and you have to fully understand that you don't have to fully support it. You don't have to like get yeah. every aspect of me. You don't have to match me on these things, but I have to be myself because you're choosing for you. Yeah. Well, and the, the biggest message I got this week was if I'm not fully myself, if I'm withholding my magic, if I'm withholding my intuitive gifts, I'm not going to be able to help people. If I'm too concerned about what you think of me. Yeah. And you won't actually magnetize to you those things that are aligned with that. You'll actually repel those things. Mm -hmm. And So what I see happening for you, because it's so fun to witness your process, 
is that you have become so much more aligned with yourself, like so much more in touch and uh, connected to your true self that what's going to happen for you is you start uh, finding the people, the business partners, the opportunities, the actual romantic partners that are aligned with you because before you were so disconnected from your true self and felt like it had to be that way in order to secure these things, that that's what consistently was reflected back to you. And now you're in this position of like, fuck that. I am doing this for me because I have to live with me my whole life. You know, everything else is just an option that could be temporary And you're saying, I'm going to be so aligned with myself, all aspects of me, and I'm going to walk this path that is authentic. I'm going to do what feels aligned and right and resonant. And I'm going to say no to the things that don't interest me or are not worth my time investment. And that's just going to bring in that uh, level of person, opportunity, partners, to you because of that alignment, that was a point. You're not going to scare them away. No, because you, it doesn't matter anymore because you're so comfortable with you and saying, this is who I am. And these are all my aspects. And I, so I'm so comfortable with that. Like when you said these, any man that I've been with got, you know, didn't like it when I would speak up and well, that's because you made them uncomfortable. You made them (laughs) uncomfortable in their situation (laughs) and, and they weren't expecting it. And so that's exactly why we suppress from a young age is because we end up seeing, Oh, if I say something, they get upset. So I'm just going to be quiet. It's so it's really fascinating to me that it's, and I, in, um, I think this happens to everybody at some point in their life, but I feel like for women, especially in a male dominated world, that's been the last couple several hundred years, we, <laughs> we especially see that it's like rampant within, you know, females in society and especially, um, cultures where it's, it's very male dominated. Um, yeah. White male dominated or like. Or like a religiously male dominant. Yeah. Religiously way, all of it, mm-hmm. the, the founding fathers of our fucking country to be a little Brown girl growing up. Yeah. There's so many other things that you have to get through to even be accepted. Yes. And then luckily now I feel like with our generations moving out of that, like, you know, we're, we're not in that as much. We're in a, a little more supportive. Yeah. Because it, we're are so like, we're like recognizing that it's so yeah. diverse, right? It makes no sense to segment populations based on something so arbitrary as like the color of a, of skin, right? It's all like even just us raising our kids differently than our parents mm-hmm. did. Of like, you can have a voice, you can have a have a talent, you can actually do and succeed at these other things in life. Like, I will never try to force my kid into nursing school because that's yeah. not who she is. Yep, she's a freaking musician. Mm-hmm what's she going to do? Go play the piano for the kids. Like I could see her doing that, like Mm -hmm. going to play instruments for kids in hospitals, but I could never force this girl to go through college, to go become a surgeon. Yeah. To choose something different than what her heart calls out mm -hmm. to. Yep. Yep. And And it fucking sucks to be held in that expectation of, cause then you don't want to disappoint people, but you're also like, so for me, you know what? the way that I had to 
build acceptance within my family for doing, making my choices. I just, I had to fucking tell them how much money I make or how much (sighs) I charge Uh... to validate my choices of doing this. And I have to prove in a different way of like, you know, even when I was a painter for my mom's company, you know, when we were building our family business, like 10, 15, 20 years ago, yeah, it's like still having to prove, yeah, there's money in being an artist, mm-hmm. but I, I had to prove that point instead of this is what I'm passionate about. And this is what I'm good at. Yes. And so it's still from a place of me, ha- like having to prove yourself. Prove. Yeah. Yeah. Perform, perform, perform. This is why I do this. You know, and Which is, I, ugh, I don't like that. I don't. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me because you never ask a doctor, like, prove to me why being a doctor is legitimate. Like that's it does because yeah. now in my world, now when I meet, you know, per, quote professional people in all these different careers, mm-hmm. and you ask them, how did you get into it? And is this really what you wanted to do? And is this truly what makes you happy? There's a lot of people that are unhappy in their careers because they went through it because this is what their parents made them do. So they'd Mm -hmm. be set for life financially, which is not like, I understand the love of wanting to be set financially, especially when you are a foreigner from another country. Mm -hmm. We come here, our families came here, like the the sacrifices like my grandpa had to make to not even see his kids for seven years because he came to the United States to complete college. It's like, I, I get it and I understand, but I'm like, is this really what you wanted to do or is this what you had to do? Mm-hmm. And now that we're, our culture and our, our generations are in a spot where hopefully they can pursue passion instead of just pursuing a paycheck mm-hmm. or let's look at it in relationship wise, pursuing passion in a relationship, not just sexual passion and in, in chemistry, I'm talking about being with somebody because they're truly a good fit for you. Yeah. Not settling, not settling for someone just because they're interested in you Mm -hmm. or because they make a lot of money or whatever. They make a lot of money. They're Mm -hmm. safe. They're secure, but they're boring to you. And you are actually pacifying parts of yourself and going, "Eh, well, you know, they're not that bad. They're nice. So I'm going to go ahead and, you know, explore this or whatever. Like maybe that's the question of back to like, how do I know I'm living in authenticity? Mm-hmm. How do I know that I'm making my decisions based off of what's truly best for me and what I want? But I think that involves asking ourselves, well, what do I want? Mm-hmm. Who am I? What do I want? And just shutting the fuck up and listening. What do I want? <laughs> well, it, I just wrote down because as you were speaking, I had some thoughts come in. I just wrote down like when you are not in your authentic self, it is virtually impossible to trust yourself because you are disconnected from yourself and you're disconnected from your higher self and your intuition. So you may think you trust yourself, but you're making all these safe, practical choices that Mm -hmm. are based in probably a false idea of what's quote unquote good for you. Quote unquote. Yeah. So like quote, quote, unquote. you get what I'm saying but it's really I mean we can we can tell ourselves oh I fully trust myself in the decisions that I make but yeah yeah but like what's your motivation for making the choices that you are making 
be really yep. honest with yourself. Is it because you're worried that if you don't stay with this person, that you'll be alone and that scares the shit out of you? Even if ask you yourself your- why yeah. everything you do, ask yourself why, why, why? what is my motivation for doing? Why this? am I why? doing this? Why am I deciding this? Why am I choosing this over this? Mm-hmm. What about this? You know, truly, truly, truly. And it fucking sucks because there's so many people out there that are influencing every decision based off of, well, let me see what my husband thinks. Let me, let me, um, and every decision is theirs. It's not their own individual thinking. That shit frustrates me when I see somebody that makes well, zero decisions. Like, yeah, they're defaulting to someone else no, to choose and there's no personality. Them. There's like, it's like a tag along mentality of like, do you, you have a, you like things yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. can't you, I don't know. You get well, what I'm trying to say? Like I do. Absolutely. And their default personality becomes whoever they're with. Yeah. Well, because they don't probably, they don't know who they are. And so they're defaulting to whatever is happening around them in order to be shown the way, because they probably don't even trust themselves to make a choice without feeling such extreme fear about where it will lead them because they don't, well, they don't trust themselves to be able to do what they need to do or what they can do. There's, they're not even aware that they're doing it. They're just, they're just in other people's rivers and Mm -hmm. other people's tides and other people's flow. And they're so, you know, that mutable energy or whatever it is, which, but maybe they don't even realize that energetically they're just siphoning off somebody else's or just drifting like as the shell of who they could be. And that like, that breaks my heart when, when someone is in that position and they've become so detached from who they are, but, and it's clearly frustrating for them, or they feel that emptiness or that, um, that lost feeling. And really you just, I just want to sit them down and hold their hand and be like, or sometimes I just want to shake them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Come That's on, the, you know, the like topic, the tough Taurus love. I'm like, yeah. What do you want to feel? What do you want to feel? What? How do you want to be? Like, what is your wildest dream for yourself? And when they can, when they say, "I don't know," I'm like, oh, yep. How can you not know? But so many people, like, I was there at one point too when I was moving my way through career stuff, thinking I had to follow a certain path because that's just what you do. Like Mm -hmm. I, after I finished my doctorate and my advisor was like, well, you're going to apply for academic jobs. Right. And I'm like, uh, I, I, I guess so. I guess I'm going to apply for academic jobs. And then I did, because that's what everybody does or most people. And I got a job offer. I wasn't even finished with my PhD yet. And I got a job offer from a big 10 school. And I was like, how the fuck did that happen? First of all, right. Cause I had the whole imposter syndrome going on. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, we're going to take it, right. Ooh, that's a good one. You're going to accept it. Right. And I'm like, uh, well, I probably should. It's a big 10 school and it's unheard of to get a job offer when you hadn't even finished your PhD yet. And it was a, it was a very, um, interesting circumstance. And, I felt like I had to say yes to that job because like who would turn that down? And I said, yes. And I lasted two years there because Mm. 
it was super stressful. And I was totally, oh my God, you know me now, but it was totally out of alignment with who I am at my authentic self. Like I could not walk through the hallways of that institution and be like, oh, well, my intuition is telling me this. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just no way I could do it. And I ended up becoming so exhausted because I was super out of alignment with who I really am and what I came here to do. And at that point, I didn't know it. I I had inklings. I was super interested in metaphysical stuff, but I kept mm-hmm. that all a secret at that point in my life. My husband knew about it, but I kept it all a secret, which is me hiding oh, out dude, of alignment. I got, I got yelled at for candle magic when I was 13. Cause I was <sighs> like, what the hell? Like, that's the devil. Like, oh my God, really? You're just lighting was, a candle fucking, on fire. <laughs> I was oily as a true Torian at 13. I was not even old enough to have a job, but I was oiling up a candle for finances. <laughs> they light candles in church all the time around specific intentions. Like Birthdays. How, tell me how Birthday that's different. I, I just don't know how that's different. Birthday and make a wish. Like oh, my goodness. So, so anyway, sorry. No, that's okay. My point is, um, I ended up making choices based on, well, actually I did a doctorate because I got an offer. Like I didn't have anything better to do at the time. My husband was pursuing his doctorate and I got an offer to pursue a doctorate as well. And that never happens. So I was like, I guess I should do it. And so then I like followed through this doctorate program, five years of studying. And it was a magnificent journey. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm It was super stressful, but like, when I look back on it, I'm like, that was such a huge time of personal growth that I would never give that experience up for anything, but I did it because I was like, well, I guess I should do it. And then the whole time I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, you know, and then I am taking a job because people are like, well, you really shouldn't turn this down. This is like, this is a, this is like a crazy offer. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I should do it. That's And that's how people get sucked into marriages too, because they'll look <laughs> at a guy you're dating and they'll be like, oh, he's or guy, woman, whatever. And they'll be like, oh, look at, they check off all the boxes. They're yeah. good. They're good looking. They got a good job. You know, he looks like he's into you and you're like, okay, but what, but oh, okay. So you, you want me to be with this person because you think they're good. Well, that we trust other people's perspectives about our lives versus we put that before our own knowing of ourselves and our intuition. And that's where the problem is. So we can take other people's opinions into consideration, but they shouldn't carry more weight than what we know for ourselves to be true. And I get it, right? This is all a process of learning and discovering ourselves. But when we can't wake up to the fact that we are letting uh, outside circumstances dictate how we move through life, then we are lost. We are lost. We're not, we don't know who we are. We don't know how we're feeling. We only worry about choices and based on the motivation of how will I be accepted as a result of this choice? And is it practical for me to do? Who cares if it's practical? Like if you love it, fucking do it. Because Uh that's where you're going to open up and expand and radiate and find your passion. And that's where purpose lies. Spoken from a true manifesting generator too, though, because that's our human design of living authentically out of passion. And that's what attracts people to want to work with us and connect with us. Well, and when we're in that energy, 
when we're truly aligned in that energy, we are like a tornado Mm -hmm. and it's like an endless Mm -hmm. supply of energy and people can then use that. But when we're not in that energy, when we're not aligned, we feel like we're dying. It feels like a fucking Hoover Dam just backed up. Yep. Um, One thing I was going to mention is the way that I can tell who's living authentically or not, just starting with externally, how somebody is influenced by how they dress, brands that they wear, the cultures that they're sucked into, what they're rinsing and repeating because they're regurgitating things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you talk to somebody and even just looking at kids, right? I can tell which kids are living authentically, the weirdos, the geeks, just being whatever, <laughs> right? And I say this loosely because yes, the you know, eccentrics. I, I joke that we all like, we're all little weirdos, but then there's kids that are like, okay, they're literally regurgitating everything they see online on TikTok, how they dress, like what they're into, the people they hang out with, even they're they're they don't know why they're around those people. Cause they're mm-hmm. just sucked into their energy. Right. Yeah. Um, but as adults look at people who just believe blindly everything that they see. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh my goodness. Like I, we only want to bring it up, but just over the last few years, like seeing mm-hmm. who are, who truly has like put together and formulated thoughts about and thoughts and opinions about things. And not just because the mass media was telling them to. Right. And speaking up in, in cultures where, you know, I shouldn't say something about this. I shouldn't talk about this. Like, um, I have to tell you this. Cause I just like my phone flashed and it was, it's my co-star like notification. Yeah. And my notification, this is so apropos, you guys, we're talking about this. The question is, what advice do you have to give yourself? Well, I'm, yes, (laughs) be your authentic self, obviously. And then the tagline is make decisions based on your intuition. Dude, right? Like I live my life by intuition. Yes, I went through a period of time where- I was really sucked into not being able to move forward without other people's approval of my life. And that to me is so heartbreaking now that I look back on it and I'm still learning, I'm still setting boundaries in this. I'm still getting really comfortable with this new way forward. And it's been a few years now. It's a constant process, but like the fact that I did not allow myself, like my soul to express through this human, the way that it really wanted to understanding that I suppressed it for so long for the sake of wanting to be accepted, seen as legitimate, loved, praised, whatever practical being practical. Like that makes me so sad to think about, but then on the other side of it, I'm like, wow, this is the most empowering space I have ever been in my life. Totally, totally. And it's incredible. And when you step into that version of yourself, that's your true essence, that authentic version of yourself. And as you're peeling away more layers to expose more of that authenticity, it is the most liberating feeling that I you... keep joking. I'm like, I'm in my Kathy Bates in the Cadillac <laughs> in the parking lot stage. Yes. Like, that's like, that's the level of confidence I'm, I'm at finally in my life, yeah. but it gives people permission 
mm-hmm. to do the same when they're around me. They're like, Hey, guess what? I just started. I just started this class or you inspired me to do this. You inspired Mm -hmm. me to go and search out this other career that was bringing me passion instead of what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. Like meeting a lot of people who are like, man, I gave myself to this corporate world for so many years. And then you were talking about building someone else's dream instead of my own. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, that do whatever you need to do, you know? but it's okay to take some risks. It's okay to pursue it's okay to passion and trust yourself. It's okay to follow your intuition. It's okay to trust that you know yourself best, but you have to mm-hmm. build that relationship again. You have to come back to that knowing of self to be able to come from that place of pureness and, and knowing my and- co-star for today that <laughs> popped up is, are you looking for spiritual connections? And it's do or inspiration, reading signs and slowing down and don't echoes cult leaders, tinfoil hats. Oh my God. (laughs) But also like the, you know, the little sentence at the top says facts and truth often have little to do with each other. Yes. I love that. It's so what is your truth? Like coming back to your authentic self is what is true for me? And you, Mm -hmm. and I love when you are like, ask yourself why, because that's how you do shadow work for one thing, but that's how you get to the very bottom of what actually moves you through your life. What is at the core of every decision that you make, every relationship you have, every feeling that you're experiencing. And I think what's really key here is when you ask yourself why you cannot judge yourself for what comes up, because Mm. the moment you judge yourself is the moment you are just like anyone else who conditioned you into suppressing yourself. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. So when those things come up, when you're looking at your why for everything, you just say, oh, that's interesting. And you just sit with it and see what it has to say with you. And you have so much compassion for yourself for how you were moving through life before and how you now have the opportunity and the choice to move differently based on what you're choosing for yourself. And that is to be what you, what feels best to you, to do what feels best to you, what's most resonant and aligned. It's so liberating and I could speak Mm -hmm. for hours on this. And I feel, and I tell every woman now, like I tell every person that I see, but every woman, especially like you really have to look at why you are doing the things you're doing and be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Nothing cute about self-sacrificing for, to live for everybody else, to pour your, out of an empty cup. How are you going to, how are you going to raise your kids to be, individuals, if you're not even leading by example of being, uh, an individual who stands on their own and has their own fucking opinions on things. And yep. like it, it hit me as a parent when my kids would ask questions or something like, Oh, why would I be telling them this? You know, like, especially they would ask me questions on God and deeply spiritual things. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I could rinse and repeat everything that I learned in church, or I can be genuinely and honest, be like, look, this is what some people think. Mm -hmm. These are some people's experiences. Mm -hmm. You're going to have your own and it's not wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the, and speak on God as if that's the only truth there is when it's like, dude, don't label it. Just Mm -hmm. 
recognize that you're feeling things or like, like, I just, I refute like back to questions on dinosaurs, questions on how the earth started (laughs) questions on humanity questions on aliens. Like my kids will ask about aliens and shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I forgot exactly where I was going with this, but not just rinse and repeating information that you yeah, you're not regurgitating information that's based on a that set you of don't rules. even know that you yeah. don't even know mm-hmm. yep. or you've never done your own exploration with these things. So questioning, why am I telling somebody this as yeah. my answer? Or how do I know that to be true? Right. It's, it's really, who this told is, me this? Yeah. Yes. Who told me this? And why do I believe that? It's really, it's, it becomes a really self, like self, it's a very much a self-awareness, self-discovery quest that you begin when you are asking questions like this and not um, auditing or altering your, Mm. your responses to yourself. Like you're just really being honest And that's shadow work, you guys, like that's how you dig up what is in your fabric that has caused you to change who you are in some way. So whatever reason, um, some writing prompts that we can give them for. Absolutely. So like some writing prompts for getting back to your authentic self, like you could journal on these, you could meditate on them. I would say one of the easiest ways to get in touch with your authentic self is to journal and to be really honest with yourself in your journaling about what you're feeling and thinking about whatever. So this is good. But I would also say like meditating and working with Oracle cards to self-reflect is a great way to foster um, that connection with your intuition, which is going to help you come back to your authentic self. So we can also talk about how that can become very distorted um, and create delusions. So mm. maybe we can, I don't know, set that aside for another conversation. Sure. <laughs> so if you're going into meditation, um, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't have to, you don't have to overcomplicate it to start with the question, why, mm-hmm. and who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would joke like the caterpillar, the caterpillar on Alice in Wonderland, like, who are you? Mm-hmm. So if you were to sit in meditation and somebody is to go, who are you? Who are you really? Tell me about this. Sit and go, okay, who am I? What is my entire life story up until this point? Mm-hmm. And why? Whose voice am I narrating from? Mm-hmm. Who's... So if I were to tell somebody like, you know, why am I doing this? That's like the number one question when you're, when you're doing meditating, journaling, um, what am I trying to get out of this or what's the point of this? Mm-hmm. Um, who am I becoming? Who do yeah, I, yeah. who have I been? Because there's many versions of yourself that have existed in the the minds of others. You are multiple people to multiple roles to various people. There we go. Yes. So who am I to my kids? Who am I to my partner? Who am I to my employer? Um, Is there anybody in my life that I am fully vulnerable to that gets to see all sides of me? Yeah. Who, who knows more about me than anyone else or uh, 
who knows the most about me and why, why is it that that person knows those things? Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, I usually, when I go into meditation, I ask the very simple question of, uh, tell me what I need to understand about myself today. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. Or tell me, um, what wisdom I need for today for my own growth or perspective. So I, I try to pare it down. So it's not going to be huge. Like, tell me the meaning of life, right? <laughs> tell me what I need to know today to that's help me, me understand myself. <laughs> Literally, that's me going into meditation. Like, well, dude, why all of this exists. <laughs> I know, I, like quantum entanglement. How do I affect a star that's across the universe? You know, just, I'm with you on that, but yeah. for the sake of keeping it manageable. Um, um, you, you could, could also- do inner child work. So questions of what did I want to be as a child? Mm-hmm. Who, who, who? Who did I really want to be as a child, but felt I couldn't mm-hmm. or, or something when, like that? When did I feel most joy as a child? What was I doing? That was something I wrote down. Um, what are you doing when you feel happiest? Because that's part of your authenticity. What are you, what are you doing when you feel happiest? Another one I like is visiting the younger self in meditation. What, mm -hmm. what would I tell her? What would I tell, you know, young Mio or Melissa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what would I tell her to encourage her to bypass all this shit and actually be herself? Yeah. And I can't remember if we've addressed this on other episodes, but, um, you could even examine certain feelings of fear or like fear of being yourself or expressing. And you could ask to be shown the earliest, like the, the first time you ever experienced that as a child and go to that version of you and talk with him or her and let them know they're safe to like, you can do a lot of healing in that kind of a meditation where you go to the very first time where you had feelings of needing to suppress yourself or needing to alter yourself or being afraid to show someone who you are, what you were thinking or feeling. And then, um, you just, you do the inner child. I love the shit out of you work and you listen, let them know they're safe and you bring them back forward with you. So they don't have to linger anymore in that memory. And that's, that's energy healing. That's healing yourself along your timeline. So that's very powerful when you can do that. Um, what are some other journal prompts we could, why is it that I'm making the choices that I'm making? Um, who's influencing my decisions today? mm -hmm. Who or what organization or who or what is influencing me. You could ask, what am I afraid of and why around certain choices, like relationships, jobs, people. Do I truly believe dot, dot, dot Mm -hmm. question things that you have just been conditioned by your family, your culture, your environment, your people, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were whatever that means to you. Do I truly believe dot, dot, dot. Here's another good one. Why do I say yes to things when I really want to say no? Mm. Mm -hmm. 
I enjoy saying no, no. <laughs> it's very empowering. Really, I really is. It. I love it. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then another journal prompt I like to give to people is to whom or what have I given my power away to and why? And what prevents me from reclaiming it? So that has a lot to do with boundaries, um, trusting yourself, um, the illusion of uh, somebody else determines your worth. There's so much stuff that comes up with that question. That's a, that's a big one too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good shadow work question. And Um, then what do I want and need truly? Like in my deepest of desires and heart of hearts, like what do I want and need? And what prevents me from having that? And it could be limiting beliefs. It could be a situation, all kinds of stuff. I um, had this conversation this week with another friend and we're talking about men and our desires and what we yearn for um, in a partner and people that are in our lives. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, this person was desiring somebody, right? And I'm like, well, question do you really know enough about this person to say, I'm desiring this from this person, or are you just desiring this Mm -hmm. and hoping it fits that person? Yeah. Ooh, that's a trap, right? (laughs) That's a good question because then you add that to your list of like, okay, I'm really telling the universe, like, I really want this. Mm -hmm. I want to feel this way. And I want to do that and, you know, be whatever honor cherished appreciated, validated, but is that really from this person? Right. That's a good question. I like to ask people to, to ask themselves, do I trust myself to make choices? Um, or do I trust myself to walk my path with success and then asking why or why not? Um, because let's, I I feel like we need to reiterate this when you are aligned, like when you are really connected to your authentic self and you are, then you, then you trust yourself more and then you're connected into your passion. That's when it's so much easier to see or feel out what your purpose is. Like our purpose changes throughout our entire life. Like at one point, our purpose may be to learn and expand our knowledge. Another point, our purpose may be to be a mother or a father to children. Um, there, there's so many things like that are integrated with purpose. But when people come to see me for regressions and they really want to understand life's like life purpose, like soul's work and life's work here on earth in this iteration, um, it's really about things that are expansive over time or like, um, that translates across time. So for me, I know without a shadow of a doubt now that I was meant to work as a healer Mm -hmm. and that has changed in its capacity since I was a child. I just didn't really realize it. Um, I had animals coming to me all the time when I was little. And then uh, as a a teenager, I would have people sitting with me and telling me all of their problems Yep. and I would help them. And that continued, that's 
obviously continues until today, but yeah, when I was, <laughs> yep. When I was in college and graduate school, it was, I even had the thought of like, I'm pursuing the wrong degree. I need to be in psychology and counseling. And because that's how people, I just could not figure out why people would gravitate toward me to tell me like spill their guts. And I'm like, uh, I'm not qualified for this, but then I would give them something to think about that was seemingly helpful. And I didn't even it realize changed. it helped them and they changed. Yes. And so now that I'm in this stage or the season of my life where I, I finally, like I took a risk six years ago and like threw caution to the wind, trusted my intuition. Cause it was screaming at me for a couple of years to get out of academia And I stepped into this work and everything clicked into place. Like everything is aligned. I like, I don't even question it anymore. I stopped questioning years ago that did I make the right choice? Like everything is so fulfilling to me in this work, like without a shadow of a doubt, I knew that this, like, I know this is my life's work, my life's purpose, and it will change the way that it looks over time but it is to bring healing in some capacity to people that I come in contact with. So you have to come to a place of knowing yourself and trusting yourself that no, this feels right to me. This feels so easy and resonant that this has to be the way that I go versus when you're trying to force something to fit and then you're trying to convince yourself to feel you're trying a to change certain yourself way. To fit. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, be honest with yourself when you answer these questions. And we want to hear from you. We mm-hmm. want to hear how this journey is going for you of of self-discovery and you know figuring out who you are and all of that. So we're here. Um was there anything else you wanted to wrap up that? Well, I just was going to say like, when you are in your authenticity, that's when you discover your purpose, your life's work, your purpose for why you're here and how you can feel so confident about that. So unapologetically you mm -hmm, unapologetically to the the point where nobody's going to try to change you because that's who you are and they know they can't change you. Mm -hmm. And I can be so honest now with the people that come see me like, oh yeah, I have experiences that are X, Y, Z. And oh yeah, I had this uh, experience in meditation and this is the information I got from it. Like I can say that stuff now and not give a fuck what somebody thinks because I'm in that space of, no, this is, this is my work. This is my experience. You can take it or leave it, but I don't care so much what you think any, you know, of whether or not you feel it's true. I know that is true for me. And I know that is helping to inform how I serve humanity. So yeah, you guys, when you do this work, it's so liberating. So yep. well, we love you guys. And we hope <laughs> this was helpful and encouraging and inspiring and planting a seed or watering a seed of some sort mm-hmm. um, you're safe and supported we are always here uh, you can visit us at souls and stardustpodcast.com um, there's ways that through our website we can book sessions with us or if you just need to contact send us an email shoot a dm yeah. over on um on instagram mm-hmm. uh, we do have a little private facebook group but not super active in it uh but yeah email would be best but 
we love you guys. And we can't wait to continue this conversation and hear how much you're growing through Mm -hmm. from this point until like, let's bookmark it and calendar this for a year from now. And let's check in December of 2023 of like, how far have I grown and expanded since December of 2022? Oh my gosh. So we love you guys. Love you. (laughs) 